Hey there. Thank you for listening to the Big Time Talker podcast on the Blog Talk Radio Network worldwide. We're brought to you in part by our friends at SpeakerMatch.com, the world's largest online virtual speakers bureau. If you are a meeting planner or you're a speaker, log on to SpeakerMatch.com and check them out. Our guest today from the TheStrategicDifference.com is Kelly Langston. And Kelly, before we get to talking about leadership, I want to ask you about what sounds to me like an incredible leadership challenge that you took on. Is it true you actually were the leader of the entire PTA, the parent-teacher organization, for the entire state of North Carolina? Oh, my God. I was. And first of all, thank you for having me on your show today. I was. And um, it was quite a privilege to serve for North Carolina PTA. And I had the privilege of working with some incredible leaders throughout the state for quite a period of time. See, I can't imagine how difficult a juggling act that must be. So tell me tell me what that's like, because that's a, an all-volunteer organization, and you've got to motivate a whole bunch of people who have a whole bunch of different agendas to do uh, what needs to be done. So as somebody that takes on a challenge like that, how do you wrestle that bear to the ground? I'll tell you, it's probably one of the most challenging, but also the most rewarding uh, roles that I've had in my life. I learned more about myself, um, and it was a really great growth opportunity. But it was, um, like I said, very rewarding. Um, the interesting thing about volunteer leadership, yeah, you really have to motivate, as you mentioned, individuals that are there for multiple reasons. They're not there for a paycheck. So the old, because I told you to do it, does not work. Right. So you really get to learn a lot about, uh, well, you have to learn a lot about other people and what motivates them. So you have to start looking at values, your values, other people's values. And that really opened me up to thinking about leadership um, and what what made a good leader and how we should be working with other human beings. And um, I really learned that when you relate to other humans in a kind and compassionate manner and you come uh, at leadership in a way that really respects and honors the other person and uh, you know that usually people have a good motivation for doing or wanting to do well. And you start thinking about, you know, why do they want to be here? And you get to know people, build relationships, and you take the time to figure out what does motivate them. And you come at it from that perspective, you end up finding that leadership is a lot less challenging and a lot more enjoyable. I can't even imagine. It's making me break out in hives just thinking about you <laughs> doing that. Wow. Uh, Kelly Langston, our guest today on the Big Time Talker podcast. She is uh, the founder of The Strategic Difference, and you can find her online at thestrategicdifference.com. She's based in North Carolina. I'm sure can work with clients all over uh, the country, all over the world. So for the last couple of decades, you've worked with nonprofits. You've run them and been responsible for doing a whole lot of leadership development. Uh, I've worked with hundreds, probably, I would guess, in, in a couple of decades, thousands of leaders um, in you know local organizations, state organizations, national organizations. So I'm just going to get the elephant in the room out of the way right now. I'm talking <laughs> to you in the middle of a global pandemic, 
And there are lots of questions about leadership on all levels. So as somebody that does this for a living and for a long time has done this for a living, let's, let's talk about it from a state and federal level. And uh, let's use the report card. How, how are our leaders doing during this whole thing? Some are doing well. Some are not doing so well. Um, and I think it's obvious which ones are and which ones aren't. A leader needs to bring people together. That's the bottom line. A leader that divides people is not a leader. And I feel very strongly about that. The principles that I learned in my volunteer leadership work are the same principles I carry with me, whether it's government leadership and whether it's for-profit leadership. The leaders that think they can dictate their way through, they're not leaders, they're managers, and they're not very good ones. And I don't say that to be partisan, I just believe that. And I think that when you look at companies that are thriving right now, and when I say thriving, I don't necessarily mean by the bottom line, because right now it's just challenging financially. And the companies that are doing well financially are sitting in this position that are um, on the right side of where they need to be during this pandemic. And so that's to, to no fault of their own. Some companies aren't sitting on the right side. And when you think about where we are with this pandemic and the companies that are looking out for their employees and the leaders that are taking time to reach out to employees and check in on their mental health and their well-being and asking their, um, and I don't use the word manager often, but I'm using it in the context of a position right now. So when leaders are reaching out to their managers and saying, how are you doing to the people that they are responsible for? And they're saying, how are you doing and how are you doing with your family? And how are you, are you doing having your kids in your home now? And they're checking on their well-being. They're going to do, be doing a lot better when this all, when, you know, I don't, I don't know what, how the outcome is going to, to be and when it's going to, to completely pass. But when it returns back to some sense of normal for us, they're going to be in a better place because people are going to be more healthy and more whole individuals when companies come back together, the trust will still be intact and these companies can resume a normal, a more normal sense of business. The companies where leaders only cared about profit and loss and cut employees and let them go and, um, and some of that had to be done, of course, but without any interest in the well-being of their employees and didn't check up and follow up on them and didn't put some kind of action in place to consider the well-being, those companies are going to have a harder time when normal comes back because the trust has been broken. And trust is a critical part of a company's success. And when you look at the government, it's kind of the same thing. We've been, we've been dealing with this lack of trust in our government for so long. Stephen Covey said this, that there's a tax almost on companies that don't have trust. Everything costs more and it takes so much energy when there's low trust. And that's what our, our government's been operating on for so long. The citizenry has really kind of been paying for that for a while that you know, there's just, just back and forth with our government. So I think this pandemic, we, we, we're really seeing um, the effects of that right now. So I'm trying to tiptoe a little bit around the partisanness of it all, but it, it, it's definitely playing out with, with leaders. The, the governors that are strong leaders are really um, doing a better job with their states and the governors that um, are 
not necessarily the stronger leaders, they're struggling a little bit. I think I think you're seeing that. And then of course federally we're seeing we're seeing the weakness the 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 weaknesses play out with um with leaders in our branches. Our guest is Kelly Langston, and she knows leadership. She's the founder of The Strategic Difference, and you can find her online at thestrategicdifference.com. Over 20 years uh, managing and leading thousands of folks and uh, has worked in, in nonprofits and with uh, corporations. Uh, there was an interesting story a couple of days ago that um, Kelly Facebook has decided that for an awful lot of their employees, when this is all over, they're going to let them keep working from home. They're not going to have them come back in into an office place. And I wonder, as you take a 50-foot view on this, maybe a 100-foot view, how much difference will this physical distancing that more and more businesses have to do now and likely will continue to do moving forward, uh, how's that going to affect the opportunity to be a a good leader and to lead an organization? What's going to happen with business down the road because of that? Well, I work remotely and have for a while. And um, I really see that um, there are a lot of benefits to it. And um, a great leader allows their workforce to do what is best for them. So I think a lot of our good companies were already um, putting some of these principles in place where some of their workforce was working remotely. That's how you get the best candidates and positions. That's how you get the best workers um, working for your company too. Um, So I think that some of these organizations were already functioning to some extent in this capacity. Um, I do think that we do have to make an effort that the loneliness and the isolation that comes from everybody's different. And so there are some folks that will get lonely or suffer more from working remotely in an isolated um, environment. And I think that we've done a really good job um, combating that. Now, there's some um, things that we're finding, like the screen fatigue has come up. You've seen some new research on people saying how exhausting it is to be on your, your Zoom meetings all day. And so I think there are some things that we'll always have to work around. But it's also exhausting to be in an office all day and have people coming in and out of your office bothering you. And so there's been a lot of folks that are surprised that the productivity has not decreased to the extent that they thought it would by sending everyone home. Um, so I would not be surprised to see more and more companies uh, moving towards a partly remote workforce, if not fully remote workforce. There's There are benefits to that, and it gives people balance. And um, the other thing we're seeing that that right now women are suffering a little bit more with having to carry a lot of the extra uh, home responsibilities. It just it just naturally falls on women more often. So it has been a struggle having the kids at home, women at home, having everyone under the same roof and a lot of extra responsibilities. So some of that um, is starting to, to bubble up too. And where that'll settle, but once our daycares open back up and our schools open back up, that should settle. So it's it's interesting. It's, it's definitely a moving um, target that that we have to keep watching and seeing how how this is all going to play out. But I definitely think there's some benefits because it also does provide balance for for our our parents, both male and female, to be home with families and then work um, at some more opportune times for them to to be uh, engaged in their family's life. So I think we'll see this happening, this trend happening 
across uh, the country in more and more companies. Our guest on the Big Time Talker podcast, powered by Speaker Match, is Kelly Langston. And I love what she has to say. It's it's kind of the golden rule of leadership. And you can find her at the strategicdifference.com, where it's really all about the people. So, Kelly, you do a lot of executive coaching where you you work with these executives to help them become stronger leaders. And, and I wonder if you would lay it out to me straight as to whether or not you can teach an old dog new tricks. You know, we, we did tiptoe a little bit around sort of what's happening in the White House and, and the president's leadership style during the pandemic, and, and, and neither a, a red or blue thing. But, you know, is it possible to teach someone like that how to do it a whole different way? Or, you know, is someone what they are and that's the way it's going to be and there's really not a lot you can do about it? You know, I don't think that it's ever impossible. I really don't believe that. I think people do what they do because oftentimes it's a lack of support, a lack of confidence, um, and or it's the environment in which they were brought up. And um, I think when people work with uh, whoever, whether whatever supports they can work with, whether it's a coach, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a loving support group, um, I, I think that there are always opportunities for folks to lead better, lead smarter, and lead healthier. It comes back, always comes back to seeing humans as in a way that they are part of the solution that we aren't ever ourselves the solution. And when we lead, all we're doing is helping other people be part of the solution. What we want to do as leaders is make this world, the society, a better place. We can't do that alone. We as leaders, I often I often refer to leaders as purifiers, like air purifiers. Like we take it in and we 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 help take in what's out there as leaders, whether it's our staff or whether it's the folks that we work with in our circles. And and leader can be anything. It can be a leader in your home, a leader in your church group, a leader in your organization, whatever, whatever you do, you use to find yourself as a leader. And you help empower people to be the best that they can be and then put good out in the world. And I do think that everyone um, has the ability to do that and to be that. I wouldn't do what I do if I didn't believe that. And I think that oftentimes um, leaders who act certain ways, who aren't acting like leaders, um, get defensive and get insecure. And um, they're acting out in ways that um, don't make the world a better place. And they hurt people. And it it is sadly where politics has, has gone. And um, that is my honest belief about everyone having the potential of being a leader. And Kelly Langston, our guest today, and she does leadership and has done it for a couple of decades now. She's based in North Carolina, but works with clients all over the world from the strategic 
Difference.com. Just to play devil's advocate for a second, you know, I, I work with a lot of military folks based here in, in Washington, D.C. I am not military. My father was and all my uncles. But the, the military folks sometimes talk to me about my leadership style and they say, hey, look, it's great. You know, you're all flowers and sunshine. But sometimes, <laughs> you know, in, in the military, you have to do some pretty awful, ugly things so that the rest of the world doesn't have to do those pretty awful, ugly things. So how do you thread that needle and what's the fine line you think? Well, I am going to say I am not a military leader. And so I am going to say that when I know that that is not my area of expertise, I don't speak on it. So um, that is one area that I have not worked in is, is working with military leaders. And um, I will say that um I do believe military leaders still have the ability to show kindness and compassion to the folks that they lead. And I do know some um, individuals that have been military leaders and they are still kind and compassionate individuals. Um, And I think that that's the basis of it. Not that you don't make hard decisions because you absolutely as a leader have to make hard decisions. You have to let people go. You have to um, have tough conversations and, that doesn't mean that you're not a leader or you're not a good leader. Um, you still do it for the good and how you do it is still done with integrity and based on your values. So that's the difference between um, being a good leader and being someone who divides people. And a good leader thinks about bringing people together and it doesn't mean that they don't make hard decisions. It means they still make the hard decisions, but they're making the hard decisions for the good of whoever they are overseeing, whether it's the company, the country, the military branch, or are they making it for themselves, their ego? Are they saying things that divide people? Are they saying things that bring people together? Are they saying things that are the good for the good of, the, of society, and that might be what you're referring to with the military decisions. Or are they saying things that protect themselves and make things better for themselves? So there's a difference, um, I believe, in your in what you're asking, and I think um, a leader should be able to, to distinguish the two, and I think a, a leader will be able to distinguish the two based on um, what they lead and knowing what their values are. And it does not mean it's easy. It's harder, actually, harder to be a good leader because you do have to have the hard conversations, but you have to have them with a sense of knowing what your values are, knowing every time, gut checking, who am I doing this for? Why am I doing this? And how am I going to do this? I think you're right. I think we all have to do some tough stuff in our life, but maybe some of those folks, depending on their rank and level, they have to do some tougher stuff than the rest of us. Kelly Langston, Agreed. our guest today, and the strategicdifference.com is the website. Um, I want to ask you in, in the last couple of minutes we have before I have to let you jump about how you're dealing with the change in what you do for a living, because I would imagine a lot of this executive coaching and, and group coaching, you're used to doing one-on-one with people or face-to-face with people or maybe in a, a workshop or a seminar setting, and now that's all off the table. So how much has your own life changed, and how has that impacted how you do what you do? I do a lot of virtual work, to be honest. A lot of my coaching is virtual. Um, so that that really has not changed, I'll be honest with you. Um, I was virtual before this happened, and 
I remain virtual. I like virtual work. It is an easier, more accessible mode for my clients. And um, so that just made this seamless for everyone. Well, that leads me to a, a follow-up, and that is, as as an executive, if you're a you know a manager of a company or uh, you you lead other people and you're doing it in a virtual way, are there a couple of little tips or techniques or tricks that you can show us that that might help you come across uh, more? I don't know, authoritatively is probably not the right word, but more in in sort of command of what needs to happen when you're on a screen on a Zoom call. Uh, it's a whole lot different than than if you're right there in the conference room or you're on the the shop floor. So is there anything that you tell your folks about how to do things differently when they're virtual? Yeah, I think um, having your camera on or off, this is silly little tip. Doesn't You don't always have to have your camera on. So I think there's times when um, at first we all thought we had to have our camera on to feel like we were engaged with people. And sometimes if you're just not feeling um, that you are completely on your best uh, that day, turn your camera off and just be present vocally. And that is okay. I think the other thing is uh, we're meeting too much. We're just, we have started to discover that, that a lot of companies are feeling that they're just meeting too much. They've yeah. overcompensated. And um, before we always said, don't collaborate through email. That's an awful way to collaborate if you should pick up the phone or have a meeting. So I think we have to get back to some of the personal phone calls and um, maybe an occasional meeting, but um, kind of drop some of those. Take a look at how many times you're on Zoom meetings or go-to meetings and, and drop some of those off your calendars. We er, And then also here's another great tip is have one day a week where as a leader, you say our organization is not meeting on Tuesdays. It's a no meeting day Ooh, and don't allow... Yeah, I think that's really important. People get exhausted and let them get their work done. Um, and um, there was another tip, but there's, you know, I could I could come up with a lot of, of things that folks are starting to realize that they're just Teams is a one. A lot of people are using Microsoft Teams um, to chat, but then people got really over-engaged on Teams and started chatting back and forth all day long, or they were using um, a lot of those other chat-based apps and just cut down on it a little bit. We don't need to be so accessible to everybody. And folks are starting to realize that they're working more hours because they're working at home. So as a leader, tell everyone by five o'clock, six o'clock, whatever your hours are cut off, do not use whatever system you're using, whether it's teams or whatever to cut off at a certain time. There's certain things as a leader, you, you definitely need to implement in your company to protect your leaders and your uh, workforce from burning out because they're at home, they're getting hit by the kids, they're getting hit by their family, and they're working, and it's a nonstop environment. And I think our, our workforce is taking, um, just starting to get burned out, and the toll is taking its, it, it's really taking its toll on our workforce now. Right there, I want you to write this down. If you're listening at home, you're listening in the car, wherever you are, Kelly Langston says, dial back the Zoom. Dial back the Zoom. I like it. Hey, Kelly, this is uh, this is great, and it's good common sense information, and sometimes it takes a minute to just step back and, and remember to do unto others, and uh, and it'll come back to you tenfold, maybe a hundredfold. Thanks for spending some time with us today. 
Thank you. Thanks for having me on today. My it was pleasure. a pleasure. Well, the pleasure was all ours. Kelly Langston at thestrategicdifference.com. That's thestrategicdifference.com. Wherever you are, whatever you do, stay safe, stay healthy, be good to somebody. Hey, thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. <laughs>